are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Friday show for you heading into the holiday weekend. We're going to talk a little bit about that podcast yesterday with Jordan and JoJo. Some BIP news, sort of, leaving names out, but I'm going to tell you where I'm at with everything right now. Um, There's going to be apparently a Vanderpump Rules spinoff. We've got some Vanderpump Rules and some possible Bachelor and possible bachelor news in regards to another reality show more taylor swift talk about the concert tour that she's doing right now eras i believe this weekend there she's in kansas city um or this weekend she's in cincinnati next week is kansas city i got some news for you who might not have tickets in kansas city and it's not good and then i didn't know there was such a beef going on in the boy meets world world And we'll get to all that momentarily. All right, let's get started. I hope you all took a listen to yesterday's podcast number 345 with Jordan and JoJo. I'd like to know, honestly, if I didn't give you a heads up, would you have noticed the dead air, uh, the two or three seconds of dead air sometimes when I asked a question or made a statement? Because when I listened to it back yesterday, again, (laughs) it's... to me, I you know, like I said, I, this is what I do for a living, and I've been podcasting for seven years now, six years, whatever it is. I've lost track. And I know when there's an audio kind of mix-up because, as I said, every other podcast guest that I deal with, I usually call. And it's just a straight phone call. There's no delay when you call somebody, unless they're maybe in another country. But you've heard all my podcasts. I mean, maybe not all of them, but you know, when I interview people, there's really never been a delay of them answering or responding to something that I say. And I really, um, it, it's because it was in between the the three of, uh, it's a, there was an intermediary on that phone call and that was the PR team. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's over and done with, but it's probably just going to bother me. Uh, I hope you liked the interview nonetheless. I thought they were great talking about the big D. I also thought they were great. Talking about their marriage. I don't think they've ever really spoken about it, maybe this openly, and just kind of going over everything and how difficult it is to navigate uh, a relationship from this franchise in the public eye. But they couldn't have been better. And it's amazing it took seven years to do this. Uh, Clearly, they have moved past any of the coverage that I had in 2016 of them. So this is probably something where. I probably could have reached out earlier. I just, you know, you know, never did. And um, but this is more uh, this is definitely more on Jordan, because once I saw that he followed me uh, after the, the premiere of the Big D a couple weeks ago, I was just like, well, I'll just reach out to him, see what he says. And guy couldn't have been nicer. And like I said, he is today's interview on the Sports Daily, a good 45 minute chat talking college football for the 2023 24 season. Just a lot of good stuff there. And I, mean, I don't know if you saw Jordan's tweet yesterday. It was actually pretty funny uh, in regards to what was the exact wording that he used. Um, he used, uh, <laughs> you know, he said, who would have thought seven years later, me and Reality Steve, and then the gif of John C. Riley and Will Ferrell from Step Brothers, did we just become best friends? Yeah, I guess me and Jordan did become best friends. As long as he doesn't play with my drum set, then we're uh, best friends. Still put your nuts on my drum set, and we're good to go. 
So I really hope you all enjoyed that interview with Jordan and JoJo. One of my favorites, just because of who they were and what they revealed and what they said. And if you aren't watching The Big D, you got to watch. There are only three episodes behind right now if you haven't watched any of it. You heard them talk about it yesterday. They really believe in the show, and I really enjoy it. It looks like uh, there's going to be a love story. I There is going to be a love story at the end of this thing. We just don't know if it's a couple that's rekindling or if it's two new singles that get together. But, yeah, that's going to be quite an ending. I'm really curious to see who it ends up being. I think you can safely say that Devin and Alexis are getting to the end of that thing. And I know nothing. Trust me. I don't want to know. But just the way episode three went, they clearly seem to have it in for each other again in a good way. And if they get to the end, do the other people vote them as the winning couple? I don't know. But it really looks like they are certainly two people that are going to last and see if maybe their relationship can work. And then as for the other ones, we don't know who else is coming into the show, so it's tough to say. But of the ex-couples, the divorcees that are currently on the show where both of them are still there, I would think Devin and Alexis have the best chance of getting to the end. Ariel and Blair, not a fucking chance. Um, who's the? I mean, Allie and Mims, or both of them are already gone. Clearly, Casey isn't going to get back together with Brooks because Brooks is no longer on the show. Jillian and David can't get back together. So, Didi and Takur, really? You think those two are getting back together? Uh, probably not. So, uh, I don't think... I mean, it really looks like this is coming down to Alexis and Devin, and there's probably one uh, couple. Maybe it's, you know, after they had the date this past weekend or that's this past week, the horseback riding date. It looks like Blair and Dee Dee could become a couple out of this thing. I could see that. So maybe it's them, but we still don't know who else is coming on the show. I, I got to believe there's more people that are entering that villa at some point, whether it's Angelique's as husband or Dean's ex-wife. Somebody else is coming. So... We'll watch it play out, but if you haven't checked it out, you should. It's on Peacock the next day. You can check it out if you have that streaming service. If not, it's on Wednesday nights right after Temptation Island on the USA Network. All right, let's talk a little Bachelor in Paradise. Here's where I stand with Bachelor in Paradise in terms of what I've been receiving. I've been receiving stuff piece by piece, and a lot of it isn't even complete. I'll be like, oh, this person went down to the beach, went on a date, didn't get a rose, went home but I don't know the timing of it. And then I'd hear like, oh, I have a picture of two people sitting next to each other two days ago, still at the resort, meaning they're probably an engaged couple and they're getting their extra time at the resort. However, I can only tell who one of them is. So it's like, gosh, it's very tough right now to figure out exactly what's going on down there. And like I said, I've just got bits and pieces here and there. So I guess what I'll do is, you know, try and try and get some sort of timeline on this, try and figure things out and see exactly what I can get, when I can get it, if I can develop some sort of timeline of, all right, here's first row ceremony, here's second row ceremony, here's who dated who and whatnot, and then just kind of take it from there. And if I can't get that, then I'll just give you all the random pieces that I have been told about this season. Like, oh, this person self-eliminated. Oh, this person self-eliminated. This person was dating this person and went home. Stuff like that that I've heard. But, again, 
nothing flows. It would just be a bunch of random things that I've that I've heard, and also just trying to get them confirmed as well because I'm still not 100% certain if these things happened. I just they sound like they did based on who told me and and how it was told to me and how that person knows about it. But again, I still need some solid confirmation. So I'll wait on that and I will update you obviously on anything that I get that I can absolutely 100% confirm. The biggest thing that I could confirm was what I told you a couple days ago. Katie Thurston did go down there and she is going down there, you know, for a group date card, but also out when she's down there has a very, I guess, uh, emotional conversation with her ex-fiance, Blake Moynes, and hash things out. And I guess they're, you know, they're good to go. And they are, you know, they're not dating. She didn't go down there to compete on the show. She's not a contestant. So you already knew that. I told you that a couple days ago. That was the latest piece that I have involving somebody's name. So it looks like there's going to be a Vanderpump Rules spinoff revolving around Jax Taylor, Brittany Cartwright, and Kristen Doty. That was confirmed by Variety. I think the fact that Jax and Brittany started a podcast, I think it was fairly recent, or maybe they've had it for a while. I don't know. But they're getting more involved in the franchise. I don't think this surprises anybody to see this coming. And it's not going to be about them you know, going out and partying and that. It's just basically going to be, it sounds like um, just, it says it would follow the lives of the group and their circle of friends in the San Fernando Valley and is in the early stages of development none of the main cast has been signed yet but the new series uh is from a pitch from v-pump executive producer alex baskin so expect that to be coming now the news yesterday that tmz posted was that the reason tom sandoval isn't present for the beginning of season 11 filming of vanderpump rules is because he's off shooting special forces 2 in new zealand which makes sense i mean you look at this you saw the cast in the first season of Special Forces, right? Tom Sandoval is exactly the type of person they would cast for that show. The other person that's rumored, and it's basically a a yes, you know, nothing's beneficial, but it's kind of obvious when Nick Vial gets to see the first two episodes of The Bachelorette and then says he's taking time off of his podcast and shaves his head, pretty much tells you that uh yeah nick's going to probably be on uh season two of special forces so i don't think that's a i don't think that's a major major secret we won't know for months until who the official cast is but you can pretty much guarantee that sandoval and prick vial are going to be on that show time to talk a little taylor swift you know my favorite the tour, the Eras tour continues on. They are, she is in Cincinnati this weekend. I've seen some clips already on TikTok. Lines around the corner for wardrobe, wardrobe, <laughs> merchandise for her show. And seemingly, you know, obviously people are getting fired up for that. There was an article written in the Wall Street Journal talking about the Eras tour and basically asking, could this be the first billion-dollar concert tour ever? And I think the leader was $887 million. I forget who it was. I want to say Beyonce, but I could be wrong. And they are throwing it out there that, hey, this could be the first billion-dollar tour ever because 
she's now adding more and more international dates. Her international dates are going to surpass her U.S. dates. I believe she has 52 U.S. dates, and right now she's at 54 international dates, which don't start until August, three weeks after her last U.S. date at SoFi in L.A., but it's going to take her a year to do those 54 dates. So they ran the numbers. They were talking about breaking it down. And this is an average, this is going off an average ticket price of $215, which seems kind of low based on what we know about what these tickets are going for. But again, I don't really understand how they gauge the tickets because if you go on Ticketmaster, you can't get a ticket for under $1,500 in any place, in any section, in any stadium. Maybe you can get it down as, you know, 1100 1200 but I haven't seen tickets under $1,000 anywhere in any of the U.S. cities on any night for the rest of her tour. And trust me, I've looked. So, but I don't understand how that works in terms of Ticketmaster versus how much she's bringing in. They talked about, I mean, they broke down the numbers, all the math numbers in this Wall Street Journal article. And it's kind of fascinating about how much money now, it's talking about, she does, you know, if she makes, if we talk about a billion dollar tour, it's not that Taylor Swift is making a billion dollars. Clearly, she's not. We're talking about what the tour is going to gross from beginning March of 2023 till the end, which is August of 2024. An 18-month tour, they think it's going to gross over a billion dollars. If it's not, it's going to be close. But there are so many other factors that go that are involved in figuring out that number. So I don't want to bog you down with math numbers, even though you know me, I love my math, but man, <laughs> I, I, I can't even, I, I can't even wrap my head around a billion dollar concert tour, you know? Now there are some venues overseas when she goes on the European part of this tour, starting in August of this year and ending in August of next year. 54 dates. I mean, she's going everywhere. London, Japan, China, Australia, just name it. She's going there, seemingly. Outside of probably, you know, um, you know, Russia. She's not going there. But every major place, she's going. And some of those venues hold more than what she's going, what she's been selling at these football stadiums in the U.S., which range between 50,000 and 70,000 once you block off all the seats behind her stage. But then you have to add seats for the floor seats because those stadiums are just, hey, if we filled up every seat in this stadium to watch a football game, this is how many seats we have. But you've seen her concert, or at least you've seen videos or pictures of it. There's plenty of seats on the floor. So those make up for the seats that are blocked off behind the stage. That's why she's selling 60,000, 70,000 a night. Now, overseas, apparently there's some stadiums where she's going to get 80, 90, 100,000 in there. So that's why they think they're going to be able to push this tour. It's going to gross over a billion dollars, which I hope it does. I love numbers. I love hearing about stuff like this. I just want to know that she did a billion dollar tour and did it for a year and a half. Because when she announced the Eras Tour, I mean, we knew that it was going to be an international part of it. I did not know it was going to be more dates than her U.S. tour, and it was going to take her a full year, whereas she crammed in the U.S. tour in a span of essentially six months. 
started in March, ending beginning of August. So all the credit in the world to her. It still boggles my mind how she's even doing this, but she is. And that's why she's the queen. And that's why she could run for president tomorrow and probably win. Okay, maybe not, but you know what I'm saying. Vice president, maybe? Get on somebody's ticket as the vice? <laughs> I think the person who was running for president and put her on as vice might just win just because people want to see her in the uh, Oval Office. Kidding. Anyway, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, Taylor, that I read, I'm sure you've seen this online, and this is happening in a lot of stadiums. It's almost happening in every stadium that's outdoors, that doesn't have a roof on it. People that don't have tickets are just camping outside in the parking lot, and I'm talking not a few scragglers. I'm not talking about, you know, 500 or 1,000 people. I'm talking about thousands of people outside all these stadiums, whether it was in Pittsburgh, whether it was in New York, whether it was in Chicago. They're just standing outside the stadium, Nashville, same thing, listening to her songs because the speakers are clearly loud, you can hear, and just having their own concert out there and following along and singing all the songs. Well, Kansas City, which she's going to be at next weekend, basically is Debbie Downer. And Kansas City said, unfortunately, if you don't have a ticket to the concert, don't bother showing up and trying to hang out in the parking lot singing songs because we're, we're turning you away. So I don't know if that's going to become the norm for the rest of the stadiums. I don't know if it's a stadium-by-stadium thing or if this is now going to be a mandate handed down by her. I, it seems like this would be a stadium-by-stadium stadium issue, whether or not they want fans to just hang out in the parking lot. But i got to believe it's become just way too crowded because you've already got 70,000 people filing out at the same time. And then if you've got more 5, 10, 15,000 people outside that just want to show up and sing and scream, it just makes it more of a traffic jam getting out of there. So I don't know if you know this. Maybe you're hearing this for the first time. But if you do, if you do know about Kansas City and you are going to the Kansas City concert, if you have tickets, you're good to go. But if you're in Kansas City and you don't have tickets and you've been watching online and seeing all these people standing outside and singing and screaming and – you wanted to be a part of that for Kansas City, um, it's not happening. They are turning people away, and they're telling everybody, don't bother showing up unless you have a ticket. So, sorry, Casey. Can't say I've ever brought up Boy Meets World on this podcast, but you remember that show growing up. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but three of the people, three of the stars of that show, Danielle Fischel, Ryder Strong, and Will Friedel, have a podcast, like a lot of shows from the 90s and early 2000s where stars from that show are doing a podcast where they watch an episode and then they talk about it and it's been good nostalgia a lot of a lot of people do the OC has one uh, Entourage has one there's so many that have them out there but Boy Meets World has that out there Danielle Fischel, Ryder Strong and Will Friedel have their own podcast however the star of that show Ben Savage has no relationship with any of them and Friedel said, look, he disappeared. He said, I wish I knew why. To this day, we didn't have a fight. There's no falling out. There's no animosity. He just woke up one day and decided, I don't want this person in my life anymore. So Friedel played um, Corey Matthews. Fred Savage played Corey Matthews. Friedel played his older brother, Eric. And 
he's just kind of at a loss. He's like, I've known him since he was 11 years old. We have a shared history, and we were doing these conventions together, and we were getting to know each other as adults, and then he kind of just went, I'm done with you. Um, he said, I've tried and tried and tried for months until my wife was like, why are you doing this to yourself? He obviously doesn't want you in his life. He even said, I mean, this is, this is kind of bizarre because he even said he would basically, Will Friedel will call, he called him for like a month straight. Where's that, where's that part of the story? He said he finally sent Ben Savage a text that said, I've known you for 30 years. What's going on? I'm going to call you every day until you tell me not to call you anymore. And he did. And then he just gave up after a month of not hearing back. This is kind of weird because, like he said, there wasn't a fight. There wasn't some sort of major fallout. So that's kind of bizarre that Ben sat. Look, he's entitled to do whatever he wants to do, but I could understand if there was a falling out or a money issue or something. But he never wanted to be part of the podcast, and he just basically has distanced himself from these three. And these are three people that were part of his life. I mean, we watched them all grow up on TV together. And for him just to be like, you guys do the podcast, I'm out. I don't want to do anything. I don't even want to talk to you people. Kind of shitty. Kind of shitty. So I don't, but I'm, you know, maybe there's something that I just don't know about, you know? Clearly there is. Because you don't just do that. There has to be a reason behind all this. I just don't know what it is. But, you know, maybe one day. Maybe one day he'll come out of it. Maybe one day they will convince him to come on the podcast. Maybe one day... They can all be friends again, but it is a weird story to hear about when they were so close and they were even close as adults at one point, And then it just stopped because Ben Savage decided I want it to stop. I don't want you in my life anymore. Kind of bizarre. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow an Apple podcast. Also rate and review. We are coming up on one year of the Daily Roundup. I hope you all have a great holiday weekend. Yes, even though it is a holiday weekend, I'll be back Monday talking about whatever is going on in the reality TV world. We'll preview episode two of The Bachelorette. Maybe I'll get some Bachelor in Paradise information over the weekend that I can share on Monday. I don't know. I never know when it's coming. Like I said, in the past few days, I have heard some things, but it's just all spaced out around the time down there. I have no timeline for it. I don't know when it happened, but just hearing things here and there. So I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can piece some stuff together and and get it to you on Monday. But with that said, again, hope everybody has a great holiday weekend and I will talk to you on Monday. See you.